sometimes. The best stories in golf aren't found on tour. You'll find them at the back of the range. And here's your host, Ben Adelberg. And welcome to the Back of the Range. I am your host, Ben Adelberg. This is episode 267. The summer rolls on. I'm back home just for a few short days and then on the road again to cover two tournaments, one in Chicago and one in Chattanooga, Tennessee. More on those in a minute. First of all, congrats to Brantley Baker. He picked up the win at the Palmetto Amateur held at Palmetto Golf Club. Everyone in the field as well as everyone that volunteered their time to run the tournament, had to battle some brutally hot and humid conditions, but it was an exceptional week of competition. Palmetto Golf Club has such a special history, and with the team behind the scenes, it's going to continue to celebrate amateur golf each and every year. They are also making some moves to elevate the tournament even more. Can't share too many details now, but players that are looking to add a tournament to their schedule in 2023 keep the Palmetto Amateur in mind. Special thanks to Brad Crane, his entire crew for inviting me back to Aiken, and I look forward to returning again in 2023. Now, if you're following the back of the range on Instagram, you just saw that after the Palmetto Amateur, I shot up to New Jersey for the U.S. Amateur Preview event at Ridgewood and Arcola. I was able to play both courses met with the committees from both facilities as well as numerous USGA officials. And wow, what an event. Austin Greaser, Michael Thorbjornson were on hand. Mike Trostel, the USGA historian, was on hand to share some incredible stories from Ridgewood and Arcola's history of hosting USGA championships. Ben Kimball spoke about the course setups that the best amateurs in the world are going to encounter next month. It was an amazing two-day event. I have to thank Kevin Shea, Mike Policano from Ridgewood, and the USGA for inviting me to be on hand for a truly memorable experience. Now, you might be asking, well, Ben, you got to play both courses. How'd you play? What'd you think of the courses? Well, I did not play very well at Ridgewood. Um, thankfully, got it together the following day at Arcola. I did play the U.S. Amateur Tees to get an idea of what the players are going to be dealing with next month. First and foremost, they will have to hit fairways if they want to have any chance of making it to match play. There will not be graduated rough. If you miss a fairway, you're in four to six inch rough, and it's very thick. The greens are probably going to be running around 12 to 14 on the stimp, and if you're in the rough, you won't be able to hold the greens, and if you do, you're probably going to be above the hole, and you really don't want any part of that. Both are playing long, but I don't think that will be an issue if these players keep it in the fairway. It will be a fabulous test. It will look amazing on TV. Tickets are now on sale. I will put a link in the show notes so you can grab your tickets for the U.S. Amateur. Um, also, just go to usga.org. You can find it there. But it will be an incredible U.S. Amateur. And yes, the back of the range will be there all week providing coverage both inside and outside the ropes. So make sure you're following on social media at the back of the range on Instagram. Speaking of social media, if you've been following the back of the range, you may have seen a couple posts pop up with pictures of new back-of-the-range yardage book covers. Ollie Osborne has one that he'll be taking to the Barracuda Championship, where he'll make his PGA Tour debut. There are some other players sporting these new yardage book covers, and I wouldn't be surprised if you see a handful of them at the U.S. Amateur. I've been getting a lot of questions about when they will appear for sale in the merch shop. 
To answer your question, probably looking at the end of the summer. As you can imagine, I need to kind of get through the next few weeks, but they will be available soon. So if you're interested in purchasing one, please shoot me an email, ben at thebackoftherange.com or DM me on Instagram. Next up for me is the Women's Western Amateur at Sunset Ridge in Chicago. After last year's collaboration with the Western Golf Association, well, we're going to do it again and we're doubling up. So before heading to the Western Amateur to check on the guys, I'm going to go check in with the best female amateurs in the country at the Women's Western. And how do we preview a great championship? Well, seems like a great time to talk to the defending champion, Marissa Wensler. Marissa just completed her junior year at Kentucky and her summer last year, well, after earning medalist honors at the Women's Western, she was able to make it through the match play portion, was victorious in the championship match that went to extra holes, and then just a few days later, she was able to carve out one of the most exciting moments of the summer for the back of the range when her and eventual champion Jensen Castle, her Kentucky teammate, qualified for match play in a playoff as the sun was setting to earn the 63 and 64 seeds. Jensen, as you know, went on to win the U.S. Women's Amateur, but don't forget that it was Marissa that knocked off the number one seed, Rachel Keene, in the first round of match play. During our chat, we spoke about her start in the game, the culture within the team room at Kentucky, and we definitely got into her win at the Women's Western. All right, all caught up. Keep checking on social media. Another big announcement is dropping in a few days, so keep an eye on Instagram. Drop me an email at ben at thebackoftherange.com with any questions. But for now, Marissa, welcome to the Back of the Range. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Of course. Well, we're we're in the throes of, of a busy summer where I'm traveling a lot. You're getting ready to get on the road to hit a few tournaments and definitely wanted to catch up before your before your big title defense. Reigning women's Western amateur champion. Does that still, even though it's almost a year ago, is it is it still somewhat of a, wow, I really did that, didn't I? Yeah, I actually don't believe it sometimes, but um, it's it's really exciting. And it's it's weird to think that it's been, you know, almost a year. Um, it went by fast, but at the same time, I felt like, you know, it went by like really slow. And, 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 you know, a lot of things have happened in between and a lot of lessons learned and a lot of good things to take from. But no, it's it's weird. It's definitely weird. Well, and also I'm guessing that the that was a blur because soon after that, there was the really incredible run at the U.S. Women's Amateur. And we will definitely get into that because, you know, we're coming up on on, on that a year later where Jensen Castle, your teammate at the University of Kentucky, will be defending out at Chambers Bay. But yeah, that just that what was that like a three week stretch, four week stretch, something like that? I think it was it was a three because um, the north, south and then western and i think there was a few days or a week in between and then right right to the am feels like a long time ago even though it was barely a year so we will yeah. get we'll get into both those topics but as we like to do here at the back of the range give listeners an idea where the guest found uh the game of golf where they started playing so uh centerville high school dayton ohio that's where you got your start who introduced you to the game of golf yeah, so I I grew up kind of playing really everything, but I played soccer for most of my life growing up. 
And then I was introduced to golf by my dad. Um, didn't really like it for a few years. You know, usual just kid just wants to play soccer. Sure. Um, and then my brother actually decided to take golf more seriously rather than baseball. And then so as time went on, you know, he was getting better at golf and I was around him a lot. And so I was like, oh, you know, I kind of like this. And so honestly, from there, I've just been kind of following in you know, what my brother has done and, and his hard work and everything. And that's kind of how it started. So he, he played professionally. You're obviously playing a lot of golf with him as when you're growing up, you know, I had Carolina Chikara on the podcast a few episodes ago. She's obviously awake, you know, her brother played at Oklahoma state. And I asked her a lot about, you know, well, were you playing a few tees up or, you know, how did, how did that dynamic go in the matches? And, and she was just telling me how, oh, no, I played the same tees, and he kicked the crap out of me, and he's, he's sitting at 50 by me. And, you know, if, I, if I'm three under, he had to be four under, and I just could I could never beat him. So when you're learning the game, and again, at a young age, you're at that time where, um, you know, frustration can kind of kick in and wanting to keep up with a sibling and, and not enjoying getting beat. Do you remember maybe the competitive start for you in golf? Oh yeah. I mean, it was, it was all, oh, yeah. Let's get into that. Okay. Always competitive. I mean, even just having, um, an older brother, everything we did was competitive, you know, him and I like growing up, like he, I always wanted to beat him and, and I couldn't for a long time. And, you know, we did ping pong and, you know, we did all that stuff and, and it was always a competition. And so that definitely ingrained in me and I can, you know, it's still there today, which, you know, I'm grateful for in the end, but man, it was really annoying growing up, always being frustrated because I could never beat him. Now, do you go to mom or dad when you get, when you get your butt kicked? Who, who in the family was the, the shoulder to kind of cry on it, not cry on, but the shoulder, the first some comfort. And then who was the one that said, Hey, you want to win? Go, go get better, play better. <laughs> Actually, I don't, my brother was actually the the harder one. He was like, "Hey, if you want to go win, get better." My both of my parents are are softies. Not gonna lie, they okay. um they both have the the big hearts. So if I go to them, it's usually like, "Oh, it's okay," you uh -huh. know. Also, being the you know youngest child too, um, you get a little spoiled in that department. <laughs> but so you're you get your start in the game and you find success in high school and i think state champion at centerville if i'm if i'm correct um, yep and then you kind of you go to kentucky and i know that it's such a i mean gosh it's it's a minefield of recruiting no matter what level you're at uh and and you know whether you're playing d1 d2 anything you know there there's all these decisions you have to make about what school you want to go to and do you get along with the coach what drew you into Kentucky? I think a lot of things. Um, it, it, I, I grew up kind of playing a lot of junior golf down there through golf week. So they always played at the U club areas in Lexington and all that stuff. Um, and it was one of my very first visits. So after that, I started to compare all my other visits to Kentucky and every single time I was always kind of drawn back to it. And I was like, no, this feels like home. This feels like home. Um, and the kind of came down to the decision. My dad asked me, he was like, take out golf. Like, where are you going to be? And so that right. was kind of my final decision. And I was like, I'm happiest here, regardless of, you know, what happens to me and everything. But yeah, it was honestly a pretty easy decision. I'm not going to lie. I mean, 
granted it's um it's hard recruiting I'm not saying the recruiting process was easy because it was hard but um it that ended up being the decision that kind of made me you know weight off of my shoulders and I, I knew how I made the right decision do you feel that and I know that you have incoming freshmen that come into Kentucky so you've you've you know you see new new players coming in and is it a is it kind of a time where you need to and maybe you can share it from your experience are you selling yourself to the coach or are they trying to sell themselves to you like what are the things that maybe you listen to and you heard out of, out of coach Golda Borst at at, um, at Kentucky like what were the maybe the things that popped in that that kind of made it click because again I know that you know, have to be happy at the campus and and people on the team but uh, but also you have to have that relationship with your coach yeah it was it was honestly it was pretty easy I would say I was more so trying to get Golda and Kentucky rather than the other way around okay. you know right. junior golf I yeah I was good in you know um in Ohio and I was always trying to get better on a on a national level I wouldn't have considered myself you know like a crazy top recruit so that's why I was more like hey Kentucky like pick me and so <laughs> Golda and we laugh about it too because it's like Golda she told me she she said that her and uh Brian saw the potential of what it could be and so we always joke about it and you know I'm okay with it like I know that and you know, that hasn't stopped me from, you know, always wanting to work hard to, you know, make Golda proud and, and to be like, Hey, you made the right decision. Like you took a leap of faith and I promised it's going to work. And so, um, that's kind of how it's gone. And, you know, she's always had that faith. And so that's what I like very much appreciate about her. Now you mentioned Golda and you also mentioned assistant coach Brian May. Now this is the time of year in the summer where, you know, a lot of conversations revolve around the transfer portal, both on the men's and the women's side and, you know, players moving to a different program for a multitude of reasons. It's also the time of year where assistant coaches get promoted and take a position as a head coach. You know, JP Bear yeah. left Texas. He's now at UNLV. Blaine Woodruff, this is on the men's side. He's, he's left Pepperdine. He's going to Chattanooga. But your assistant, Brian May, he's moved on, took the head coaching job at, at Indiana you have a new assistant coming into Lexington, Will Sally uh, at Eastern Kentucky. And, you know, wherever we talk, you know, on this podcast, wherever we talk about, you know, finding the right fit when you pick your school. And just like you mentioned, you know, head coach, facility, schedule, all that things, all those things. I don't know if we talk a lot about the assistant coach. We always talk about the head coach, but the assistant yeah. <laughs> coach, you guys had a really, really strong connection with Coach May. Yeah, we did. We, um, we have, we are very lucky with the coaches that we, you know, had had in the past and still continuing to have. And, you know, Brian, it was, we, it was tough, you know, hearing that he was leaving, but I don't think any of us were too sad just because we knew he deserved it so much. And so that was kind that kind of overtook, you know, the fact, you know, we're not going to, he's not going to be one of our coaches this upcoming year, but we were just more so, so happy and so excited for him because I mean, I can't say a single bad thing about Brian. You know, he's, he's done him and Golda have done such amazing things and they work so well together to get us to where we are. And I know Will is going to come, come into the program and do the same thing. You know, we, we knew Golda was going to get someone good, very similar to Brian, 
um, as well. And so we, we weren't really too stressed about Golda's decision because, you know, we know what she wants and she knows what is best for our team. And so we're really excited for Will to come in. I think he'll be a really great fit. And at the same time, we're really excited to kind of, you know, follow Indiana and follow Brian and kind of see what he can do too. And we think he's going to do really awesome things. How does a women's college golf team haze the new male assistant coach coming into the program for the first time? Yeah, well, um, Lainey Jensen and I actually played with him a few a few weeks ago in Lexington, I think. Okay. Um, you know, we were giving him a little bit of crap here and there. You know, we didn't want to be too hard on him yet. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll have to think of some things, maybe some pranks here and there, but don't tell that, don't tell Golda no problem. <laughs> or Will. <laughs> so, so you're saying that you somehow convinced Jensen Castle to be somewhat reserved and, and to, to just hold back a little bit? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, wow, that's, I don't, that's impressive. I don't think she knows yet. Like, you know, maybe the, like, you know, what we're going to do, we haven't even talked about it, but you kind of gave me some inspiration, so who knows? Well, the first time that I met you and Jensen and Lainey Fry, your, your teammate at Kentucky, was at the 2021 U.S. Women's Four Ball at Merido. And I think mm-hmm. this might have been the first women's amateur event that I had covered doing photography and video and social media and everything. And typically, I kind of like to keep a low profile during tournament play. I know practice rounds are different. um, But you know, once a score is being written down on a a scorecard, especially one that says USJ at the top, uh, top left corner of it, I kind of don't talk to players. I don't say, hey, what's up? You know, because you never know, they could be coming off a green that they just four putted or, uh, you know, (laughs) who knows. Um, Don't think I ever experienced a situation where during tournament play, two of the partners in the four ball said, Hey, can we get a picture with our caddies right during the stroke play session of the four ball? That was a first for me. Do you remember doing that? Yeah, it was on the, I think it was a par five or something. Um, Uh and was it Jensen and I playing or was it when we were with Lainey and Maria as well? Um, well, I know it's, I know that you two were playing and I think Lainey was caddying. Lainey and Maria were caddying. Right. So mm-hmm. um, really kind of a serious, serious moment there in a high-pressure-packed USGA championship. You decided it's time to pose for pictures. Um, yeah. It's it's important. You know, golf is, <laughs> golf is obviously, you know, very important in all of our lives. Um, but at the same time, I think – the reasons and why I think some people are just ne- very good at it is they're able to have fun too. Yep. And so um, I think that there's a, you know, fine line, there's a balance for sure, like everything in life, but you know, you got to have fun. If you see a camera, like it's like, you got to pose, like everyone wants those pictures. There's not a single person that goes through their round. Like they know, like we know where the cameras are. Like we're going to pose a little extra if we uh-huh. see the camera. And if we don't hit the ball super great, we're just going to pose a little longer for the for the pictures. <laughs> let, yeah, let me just reiterate, too. Um, do you know how often – see, when I'm out there taking pictures and doing content at tournaments, it's incredible. When I'm around, everyone swings 
perfect balance, and everyone holds their finish just a little bit longer than usual. It's it's I don't know what that is. It's just the tempo gets smoother, and the the eyes are wide open, looking at the every the chins are up. Oh yeah, it's it, it happens all the time. <laughs> you just make you we just become better apparently. Oh, wow, cameras are better <laughs> well you guys actually had a really nice run you went to the quarters you actually lost the eventual champions uh, alexa saldana and savannah barber and we'll talk a little bit about jensen a little bit later but you know the curtis cuppers had their opportunity to partner up with jensen you have partnered up with her quite a bit um she's rather intense on the golf course so be easy on this this answer but um, explain what it's like to be the four ball partner of Jensen Castle. So it's funny you ask this because we actually talked, we've talked a good amount about it, you know, not as much this year because we weren't able, we didn't do it this year. Uh, but like last year kind of going into it, it was funny because we were talking about, you know, sit down conversation, all the things that, you know, we're okay with all the things we're not okay with. Like if you know, Jensen, she can't stand when people talk to her golf ball. So that was something that I was like, okay, Marissa, don't say anything. Just keep your mouth shut. Right. Don't talk to her golf ball when we're playing together, like, <laughs> and stuff like that. And, you know, she knew the things that the things that I liked or I didn't like either. And we actually ended up, you know, making a pretty good team, which I think we were both a little surprised about at the same time, because we're both a little intense. Like, we both have some fire under our belt. And so sometimes when you mix fire with fire, it can get a little crazy, but uh -huh. I think we handled it really well. And, and, um, we, we laughed about some funny things that, you know, we maybe got into, you know, little fights here and there, but at the end of the day, we actually just laugh about it. Cause it's like, wow, this would only happen between us or like well, anything, but we, you know, we had good game plans. Um, I usually went first with a lot of like putting stuff. Um, all that but um yeah we I think we did a really good job and she's she's pretty she's a pretty awesome partner to have it was a really fun experience yeah she's uh I, yeah you two together because I've gotten to know you a little bit a little bit more and been seen have seen you out at, at tournaments and and being around her especially the U.S. Women's Amateur I just I was like that's a um I mean on paper yeah it makes total sense Kentucky and college teammates and very competitive but that's very interesting that you mentioned the hey we gotta we gotta talk about a few things we before we go to before we go to dallas let's kind of figure out what's going to drive each other nuts and uh, <laughs> let's maybe stay away from stuff like that yeah i mean it's been a learning process we've been doing this since honestly freshman year and you yeah. know we've learned a lot about each other and i mean we've become really amazing friends and you know, it's, it's, it's really cool to see how you can meet people that you thought you were going to be so different from when in reality, you know, you have your similarities and, and again, you have your differences too. And, and it's how you kind of, you know, mesh well with each other and then kind of understand the other person, you know, you can make some pretty cool friends. Well, and also in college golf, I mean, you're around your team so much and, yeah, I mean, of course, on paper, all that really matters is the scores that get put up. That that measures, I guess, the success of a team. But I can just see with, you know, your interactions with, with Laney and with Jensen and kind of seeing, you know, following the team on social media, you can kind of tell that you're a pretty tight unit. And uh -huh. those are things that just like you have to, you know, 
work on the physical side, the mental side. Uh, I guess that that's a part that you have to work on team building. You have to work. I mean, you're going to have freshmen coming in. You have a transfer. You have Ivy Shepard coming in. That's going to be a huge addition to your team on the golf course. But also, you had a you know everyone has to mesh really well together. Yeah, and I think that's another thing too. You know, Golda does really well. Is she she kind of knows our personalities. She knows how we are as a team and as individuals. And so not only is it important to get good players, but it's also important that she kind of gets, you know, our point of views like about people and, and what we think as well. And she just, she does a really good job at making sure, you know, like I'm not just going to get this person because they're good. I want to make sure that they, you know, connect with the team well and um, can, you know, do some good stuff on the team. Does Ivy Shepard know not to talk to Jensen Castle's golf ball? I don't know yet, to be honest. I'll tell you though, those two hit it off pretty quick. But okay. I mean, Ivy is Ivy's awesome. Like you know, we've hung out with her a few times. Um, you know, when she came on our visit and all that stuff. And I mean, she's just nat a natural person to get along with. And and I think, you know, I think it'll be a lot of fun. I think she's going to bring a lot of good personality on our team. I think she's very similar to our team, very goofy, you know, funny and then all that stuff. And, you know, obviously really good competitor and a good golfer too. So I think it'll be, I th I'm really excited for her to come in. What's the best like non-golf activity that that you all do together? Because I know with workouts and classes and practice and you know van rides and plane rides and all the stuff that goes along with being a college athlete, is there something that is kind of unique to your team? Well, maybe not unique to your team, but just something that you guys like to do, you ladies like to do, I should say, that is just all right, we're going to put the golf clubs away and just go be, you know, dumb young college students for a while. Yeah, we do. We do some fun things, you know. Um, we One thing that actually really sticks out to me when you said that was um, sushi. And I hope when Jensen hears this, she knows what I'm talking about. But we have a few girls on our team that are literally addicted to sushi. And we have this really good sushi place um, um, on campus. And literally, like, if we have, like, a bad day or – or if I just, I'm like, oh, I wonder what Jensen's doing. Or I wonder, you know, what, you know, Maria or Marta or whoever, you know, Lainey, whatever. And I'm like, hey, do you guys want to go get sushi? And they're always like, I'm game. Like, let's go. Let's and go. so I would say that's kind of our thing. And, you know, we our, our team's pretty big in faith, too. And, you know, we'll we'll go do like little fun things where we'll go to church and then afterwards we'll get sushi. Or we do a lot of um, to FCA groups together where... Sure we can kind of just talk about, you know, the hard things in, in golf and life and, and kind of be able to realize like, Hey, like you're not alone in this craziness. That's a student athlete. And so I think that that's helped us become very close with one another. We also do it with our men's team too. And we've gotten to know a lot of the, a lot of the guys on our men's team. And, and that's how I feel like we've built the best relationships is kind of just getting to know each other and, and trying to help each other through everything. But like, I think just like the genuine connections we have in those, you know, tiny moments where we can find them throughout the week or, you know, on the weekend and stuff like that. Like those are so important to do. I just saw uh, Alex Goff from the men's team at Palmetto. He was right there in the final group and, and just, you know, he really made a good run at, at winning that tournament. I know he wants mm -hmm. to win that tournament so bad. Uh, but yeah, I saw him and, and man, and, 
just watching that guy putt it, watching that guy hit it. Um, yeah, you can only get better if you're hanging out with with him and the rest of the men's team. Yeah, they're they're solid. I'm. It's it's always fun to hang out with the with the men's team, and you know, because they play a different game. Like men's golf and women's golf is different, you know. And so it's always fun to like see what they do or or see them at practice is always fun because it's not every day. So you know, you can, you can do competitions with them or, you know, talk to them and see how, you know, their game's going. And it's just cool to see them all the time. I don't know if this is going to be current or I don't know how this is going to go, but, you know, I remember seeing Campbell Kramer at SEC match play and I I don't, I mean, I see a lot of them. I'm not sure I've seen a, a more, I mean, this is kind of like Hunter Walcott level facial hair, um, I mean, I've seen some stuff out there. Okay. I've seen, uh, Marissa, I've seen some things. I mean, I've, I, I mean, it's, it, I've seen, I it. believe you. I've seen some things and it was, I, I didn't quite know how to explain it or what I thought of it, but I mean, what is with the guys that go full on savage with the facial hair? I mean, is, I guess it's, if they can do it, they just want to do the, the weirdest thing possible. Is that a thing? What, what, what is that? I don't know. I feel like some guys, like, I guess if they can just rock it, they rock it, you know, like to each his own, like, you know, some people can do it. Granted, some people probably can't, but, um, no, I, I don't really know to be honest. Like I wish I could tell you, but I mean, you're, um, you're, I know you're a finance major, <laughs> but really political science might be your future. I mean, this is so political <laughs> right here. This is good work. I, I see what you're doing now. Thank you. Okay. I try. All right. We're going to move off this topic, get you into a better area. Let's talk about, uh, the women's Western. You are the defending champion heading back to, Let's see. Last year you won it at Park Ridge. Now we're going to try another one. We're going to go to Sunset Ridge this year. So we're going to see if we can just kind of keep the the, the success going there. Um, did you – all right, so these could be dumb questions. Did you see this win coming? Did you see your game trending heading into – I mean, you have 36 holes of stroke play, which you ended up being the medalist, and then you have to run through a, a really challenging match play bracket. Thinking back a year ago, what was the state of your game and how were you feeling heading into that tournament? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I I obviously was not expecting it. Um, I'll just say that then and there. I, I just wasn't. And I don't think most people do. I mean, obviously, you work and you prepare to put yourself in a good position. Uh, but I just kind of took it, you know, day by day, obviously, hole by hole and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I guess my game felt solid. I felt like I was, you know, hitting the ball where I was looking. Um, I felt like the course was fairly short at Park Ridge. So I knew the wedges had to be good. And that um, is usually a pretty, you know, good part of my game. And I don't know, there was something about that golf course. I remember um, uh, my Brian May, he texted me last year and he was like, so how's the course? And I was like, I don't know what it is about this place, but it just sets up to my eye perfectly. Like some courses just do that yeah. for you. And so I think it's just kind of like the Chicago, you know, Midwest, all that stuff. Like I just love Midwest golf and like granted, you know, I'm biased in uh, Ohio and all that sure. stuff. But um, yeah, I just, these courses up here, they just set up to my eye and, and um, that one especially, and I felt like my putting was amazing, and I, I honestly felt like 
I could not miss a putt inside eight feet. So that was pretty fun because I was like, oh, inside eight feet. Yeah, no big deal, whatever. And so <laughs> um, that was it was a lot of fun. It was obviously stressful, um, but that helped to take off a little bit of stress to know my game was in a good place. You go into this final match. It obviously goes to sudden death, extra holes. You win this. And I know there's this really great photo of you just like, the enormity of it just kind of hits you like, oh my gosh, what I, I actually won this thing. How big of that, how big of a moment was that? Not obviously just for you, but sharing it with your family, which I guess there's a really good story about that. Um, so, yeah. yeah. So tell me about that. Cause this is the time where you just want to, you know, run into your parents' arms or your brother's arms and just, you know, group hug, team hug. We did it. And uh, you're looking around and uh, there's something missing, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was funny because uh, this whole time, you know, my family was trying to figure out when to have a family reunion because um, we haven't had one in a long time. And so they're over here like, OK, well, what works for your schedule? I'm like, that's a great question because my golf schedule is crazy. I was like, just put it on the Saturday of the Western. I remember this. I was like, I mean, yeah, I make it. Saturday like that's pretty cool like I'll be there late but I'll still make it but like you know who knows you know sure and so that's kind of what I was going at and um you know all the days kept going on my family was coming into town like my whole family from out of state and so that made it harder to continue to be in Chicago however the more it went on the more I was like okay I'm not doing this for I'm not you know missing this family time for nothing because I mean family that's for me and so um yeah it was just really funny and I sometimes I go back and my dad has these really awesome videos of my family in his office just all sitting around the computer trying to refresh the screen trying to figure out what happened in the playoff hole and everything and and um he has this really awesome video of my sister running into the room screaming and it's like she won she won and oh my gosh was really cool and I called him as soon as I could and, right. and he has a video and it's just so amazing it makes me so happy to see and I like I can see it now it's, just, it's awesome and so yes they weren't there but they've supported me through everything and I knew that they were happy for me and I, I they were I think my sister was like more excited for me than I was <laughs> it was it was really funny to see kind of like her excitement on video and stuff but yeah I knew that they were they were there for me in spirit and then obviously the long five-hour drive home was not great <laughs> but yeah. we made it and I was able to see my family and hang out with them so that was also a really cool really cool surprise well i i met your family at the at westchester at the women's amateur and it's funny you mentioned your sister this was after um you know i think it was after your your win in in match play against rachel <laughs> keen but oh my gosh you want to talk about people that were so excited and you you were still kind of coming <laughs> off the win but man your sister and your parents everyone's just ear to ear smiles it was just it was it was really cool to see yeah my um I, my sister has a lot of a lot of like emotions in the good way you know she gets really excited about things and my brother and I are a little bit more on the chiller side and, uh -huh. and um it's just we love that though about her because she just makes thing everything like way more exciting and so um obviously anytime I did something like good she would be the first person to clap and be like you know good putt Marissa like good hole you know all that stuff and so 
and you know my parents obviously too they're a little bit more low-key but my sister was just awesome having her at any golf tournament is amazing and then obviously having my brother anytime I can on the bag is is definitely you know perfect well that U.S. women's amateur um I mean I mean I I was obviously you know I was there and I saw just what transpired both you and Jensen qualify um, you know, at the same, you both shoot 70, both qualified Walnut Grove and Dayton. So that I'm sure you've played Walnut Grove a handful of times. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you both get in and then really, I don't even know how that gets scripted. You both get in as the 63 and the 64 seed in, I, what was that? 11 for, for two. Is that what that was? 12, 12, 12 for, for two. two. I didn't mean to short your one yeah. there. 12 for two. <laughs> On a par three, so you're just watching just everyone just go back and forth. I mean, just everyone has to tee off. And, you know, Jensen gets in first. She makes birdie. And then you're in the last group. You you know exactly what you need to do. You need to make birdie um, in that group. And no one else make birdie in that group for you to advance. I rarely go the direction of, hey, what did that feel like? Because, yes, it feels great to make a birdie putt to get into match play. But this is a special circumstance because I don't care how mentally strong you are. You know that if you make birdie, you and your fellow Kentucky teammate both advance to match play. And it's something that's right in front of you. You can't block that out. So, how do you approach a putt like that when you know what's what's in store for you if you make it? God, yeah, I'm, you're talking about it, and I'm like, oh man, I'm remembering everything. All yeah, and 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 I um, and I really I really try not to ask the question. So you won the tournament. How's that feel? <laughs> I mean, I don't want to do that, but in this case, I feel like I'm on solid ground to ask that question. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, nobody expects to be in a 12 for two playoff. I don't think any of those girls expected it, um, especially starting on like a par three. Like everything was just very random. And we were I think it was three groups of four sums. So, you know, first group goes off and you're like, and I'm in the last one. And I'm like, of course, this is great for me. <laughs> yeah, because because again, everyone. you're because you're sitting. I mean, what was it? Maybe 30 minutes you're sitting there watching. Yeah, literally 30 minutes. I'm like, I literally just have this one iron shot. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I remember, you know, everyone went through in the first group and then Jensen hit her shot. I mean, it was on the money and I, and she probably, I don't know how close she hit it. I mean, maybe 10 feet, but she walked out and I looked at my brother and I'm like, there's only one spot left. I know Jensen. And I know she's making that putt. So we better do something. And I, I just remember it because I didn't want to hide it. I wanted to tell my brother and I, I wanted to be as clear as day, you know, like I know she's making it, you know, so she made it wasn't any shock to me. Um, very happy for her. Just she just made it a little bit more stressful on me. Sure, sure. <laughs> but um, but yeah, kind of going into that shot I think I just honestly I think I blacked out I don't even remember the golf shot but okay. you know I hit the golf shot whatever and I remember walking up to the green and um remembering something that I did when I was at state and I was just feeling the um my my feet hit the ground <laughs> it's so random and okay. it's so weird but I just remember I was walking up to the green because I was like I can't think about anything else I just need to think about walking like I'm just gonna think about walking and so 
that kind of helped the nerves and everything. And then, you know, everyone putted out, whatever. And yeah, just having a putt and knowing like this putt is for it all because everyone else already putted out. Nobody made birdie. And it was funny because my brother was like, I think I saw it like just outside left. He said like left edge. I don't even know. But I remember we were like, all right, we're split in the middle of our two. Yeah. <laughs> and it like just snuck in in the left. And, you know, it was it was I mean, it was the best best experience I think I've ever had especially to do it with Jensen and have my family there and have my brother there too I know he was so happy for me and so yeah it was just it was a lot but it was all great things you know I'll always remember that and I'm you know hopefully I can have that feeling again I'm I'm sure I will but um it's just awesome when Jensen Castle storms the green for a big massive hug um it's it that's a that's a lot to, to i mean there's a lot of adrenaline a lot of emotion there uh that that's i mean you got to be prepared for that too right yeah yeah i, I mean i knew she was going to be coming at me and it, <laughs> it, it, it was it was um gosh it was just awesome and then and laney ended up coming up too and just it just felt like you know we had our family there you know yeah. team, my family we had all of our families there um, and it just felt like a honestly picture perfect scenario. If you don't make that putt, um, that playoff doesn't continue because it was near dark. Uh, yeah. so there's the other thing as well. <laughs> so you got to sleep on, uh, whatever. Yeah. So thankfully that went well. I remember interviewing you and Jensen afterwards, neither one of you really could put together a coherent sentence. It was a complete, no, a complete waste of time, but probably one of worst interviews we've had because we were both just like uh pretty I don't much even know what happened <laughs> yeah there's a lot there but um the i mean just as impressive as that you know you go in as a 64 and you play rachel Keane, who is the medalist um lot, i mean everyone you know what's on her resume you know arguably the best player in the country at the moment at least that week so far mm-hmm. how do you turn that around how do you go from a real a real high that you have to basically discard and say okay I did that that that's over with? How do you, how did you you and your brother kind of put a game plan together? I think um, honestly I think yeah the the men, the mentality the game plan kind of started after the first round of stroke play because I didn't play I didn't shoot a very good score that first round and so my, my mentality went from you know put yourself in a good position to okay like can we just please make the cut so I can get myself a chance like um I hate I hate the you know I hate to say that but it's the truth and so um sometimes you just have to evaluate where you are and go from there and so um to have that opportunity to make that putt and to go into match play um that was kind of the fire or the fuel that I needed to just be like, all right, now it's anyone's game. And I've said it before. I'll say it again, like match play, especially at the AM, like I don't, it doesn't matter what seed you are. I mean, there's always upsets always in every single AM, USAM, women's AM, anything that any match play you see just because the fields are just so phenomenal and every single player that makes it to those events are solid players and they all belong there and they all know how to compete. And so I knew that and, and I went into it, you know, basically saying it's anyone's game and 
and I, I'm going to do what I can and try to, try to make a run. I mean, obviously going against Rachel, you're like, Oh crap, <laughs> because <laughs> no, she's awesome. Like she's a great player and, and, um, continues to be. And so, um, and, you know, we knew each other and everything. And so it was, it was, you know, we, we, we were friendly about everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, she's, she's phenomenal and great person, great player. And so, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess it was just kind of came down to, you know, whatever happens, happens and let's just make a run. I, I, I tell people all the time. Cause I mean, they, people that follow me on Instagram, people listen to the podcast. I always give updates to people like where I'm going to be next and where I'm heading and what my plans are. And I tell people all the time last year, I said, I think my favorite tournament that I was at was, um, what was the women's amateur and i just so i just saw so much so much great golf and so much great camaraderie i mean even with jensen's match against rachel heck in the semis and just it has a different vibe and i guess it's i mean you know, i'm around the men's game uh a little bit more than the women's game and i see i, I don't know how to put it i'm not i want to say that the women's side that you're you got you're not serious and you're not competitive because i'm definitely not saying that but there seems to be a little more camaraderie there seems to be a little bit more of you know we're all competing someone's going to win someone's going to lose but we're not that necessarily rooting for opponents but there seems to be a little bit more of more camaraderie and and vibe that way on the women's side than the men's the men's I, and maybe it's I don't know. Maybe it's because the professional aspirations are, uh, or the professional, uh, l the lure of turning professional is really kind of uh, attached to on the men's side super early. Like I, I don't know quite how to put it. Have you kind of gotten a different vibe from when you watch watch men's tournaments? Yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay. Um, going to like my brother's college events and everything. Um, I just think that you know, guys, guys are you know, they're cutthroat. I mean, you know, yeah, girls are too. We can be, we can be pretty cutthroat, but sure. at the end of the day, like, I believe that, you know, girls support girls and like, you know, we're all here trying to do, you know, amazing things and you can't, you can't not like someone for working hard or you can't, you know, not like someone because they beat you. Like you just have to appreciate who they are as like a person. And obviously you want them to do well but my dad always says yeah you want everyone to do well but you just want to do like one stroke better <laughs> and yeah. so um and I, I just think that that's important for I guess the women's side is I think that we all you know we're a little bit more emotional so we know the emotions that go into to golf and I think that we respect each other a lot and you know, the guys respect each other too. I just think they're just more goofballs. Like they just kind of like, <laughs> honestly, I don't even know how to explain guys, but they're just like, they're just goofballs. Like they're just out there, you know, having a good time, walking the course, you know, whatever. <laughs> and then, um, but yeah, I think that's just kind of like the bigger difference. Well, you, you have stated, uh, I know, I know you still, at least from my knowledge, you do have a desire to play professionally someday. And, you know, you, you were able to really watch, uh, what Jensen has gone through in the last year after, you know, since winning the U S amateur, I mean, it, it, you know, great player and it's an incredible achievement that she, she, uh, was able to, to win that, that championship. But 
I mean, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn here. Jensen wasn't necessarily a household name at the time. She wasn't a Lucy Lee or Alexa Pano that has had media attention from an early age. And this really all was thrust on her. And, and you know, you have Curtis Cup and, you know, different exemptions. You've gotten to see, like, the demands on her time and the noise and, and distractions and see how she has handled it. What have you maybe learned just by being – you know, inside the team room or just being a close friend of hers, you know, how is, what have you learned and maybe how is that going to prepare you when you make the transition someday and play professionally? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've learned a lot from, from Jensen and especially with, you know, her winning the AM, it's one of those things where like, I'm not, I wasn't surprised. Like I, I knew, you know, we're all my whole team, like we've been around her. We know the game she has, like we all know each other games really well and so and she's a competitor like that's what she does and so she was you know dealing with some injuries you know mentality obviously she didn't obviously expect to win the am she told me you know she's like i'm just trying to make it past the first two days Uh and like she's and it's and that's and that's true and so i i think that you know she can talk as as low key as she wants, but at the end of the day, like she's a competitor, like she will do what she needs to do to, to win or, you know, to get the ball in the hole. And so that's one thing that I've, I've really loved watching her and, and kind of seeing how she, she does that. And um, yeah, I think that that's kind of like the biggest thing is the, the competitiveness and, you know, she, she has had a lot of noise the past year and, and, you know, we've seen it, obviously. We, we're around each other a lot. We talk to each other and um, try to be there for each other through everything. And um, I think it is hard, but we've learned a lot. I think she's learned a lot, too, kind of in her past year of, you know, all the things that's been thrown her way. And, um, yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, look like just always wanting to strive to be the best and, having teammates like Jensen and, you know, Lainey, Maria, Mark, you know, everyone, like having all of those teammates, like they just make you all better in so many different ways. You can look at everyone's game and, and you can be like, I really love this about their game. And so I think that's kind of like the biggest thing. And yeah. Yeah. Well, it's definitely been an interesting year for her, interesting year for you. I mean, it's like we talked about earlier, it's just it feels like it's been forever. But yeah, you're you're coming back to, to the Chicago area to Sunset Ridge, you're gonna defend your title. Um, how I guess, you know, before I let you go and I'm sure there's a there's practice and preparation that you have to get have to tend to before heading up to Chicago, but uh, what is kind of the state of your game? What's it been like for the last year? So, you know, how are you prepared to defend? Yeah, I think a lot of the things I've learned this past year are, are more mental than anything. Um, always striving to get the swing in a good spot and making it repeatable. Um, striving to continuously get a you know, good short game and sometimes the struggle. And you kind of have to go through those things to figure out how to still play good golf. Right while going through those things and sometimes it doesn't sometimes it doesn't work and and that's that's unfortunate but you got to go through those in order to figure it out and so I think that that's been one thing that I've very much learned kind of in the past year um mentally how to you know continuously be tougher stronger and 
you know, getting over shots quicker and making sure you have all the shots in the bag and, and having your close circle and knowing, you know, the people that are around you, you know, they, they respect you, they want the best for you and all that stuff. But yeah, I, I think a lot of it is more of like, the mentality and, and, you know, knowing, knowing who supports you and, and all that stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm going to have my brother Ryan on the bag at the Western. So that was actually a, a surprise a few days ago that he told me. And so um, that, I think that'll be huge for me too, just kind of calm the nerves of all that down um, all the noise. And so, yeah, I think that, you know, the mental game. I mean, I could go on about it forever, but sure. I think everyone knows it's just, it's definitely one of the hardest parts, especially in golf. Um, you think you're going to be able to convince your family to show up this time or do they have other plans? Um, I may or may not have told them to not come. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know. I'm so bad. They were not happy with me, but I told them, I said, look, I'm just going to go with, you know, Brian, my brother. We're going to have some, like, sibling bonding time. Oh, like, you, you, went, you went there. You went there. Yeah. Right? I wow. mean, of course. I was like, you guys do your thing at home. You can you can follow on the computer. <laughs> we'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. They'll be fine. <laughs> Well, I could just imagine them refreshing, hitting F5 on a keyboard, refreshing a screen over and over and over again. And uh, oh, they do. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna they're gonna do that. Well, Marissa, I appreciate the time, and uh, best of luck to you at the Women's Western Amateur. Congrats on all your success. And uh, again, thanks for stopping by the back of the range, and I will see you soon at Sunset Ridge. No, it was awesome. I really appreciate it, and. And there you have it. Special thanks to Marissa Wensler for joining me on this episode here at the back of the range. Best of luck to her at the Women's Western Amateur Championship and everyone in the field. It's going to be a spectacular tournament. Don't forget, follow along on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Every episode is available at thebackoftherange.com. And we'll see you next time here at the back of the range.